Iowa with the 98-75 victory over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We are here talking Iowa basketball for the next half hour. Coach Gary Close will be joining us here momentarily. Iowa with its second straight um, dominant win, now uh, albeit against the worst team in the Big Ten. I mean, Nebraska is a disaster right now. I feel bad for Fred Hoiberg. I thought I'd wear a red shirt to throw him a bone. Uh, because I do feel bad for Fred. I'm not an Iowa State guy. Everybody knows that watches this show. I am an Ames guy. Certainly not an Iowa State guy. Certainly not a Husker guy. But I feel bad for Fred Hoiberg. I think he's a good guy. And he is just having a heck of a time. And I don't think he's going to get it turned around up there. But I, I could be wrong. I could I, I could be wrong. Uh, but boy, it did, it did not work tonight. Um, and they lose by 23. Coming off their first win of the season against Minnesota the other night. So good performance by Iowa. Um, you know, defensively, I did not think Iowa was very good today, but it doesn't matter when you score 98, um, you know, and you can, I mean, these numbers are going to win you games. 51% from the field, 38% from three, 83% from the free throw line, nine turnovers, uh, and you out rebound your opponent by six. You're going to win basically every game doing that. Um, you know, barring some ridiculously bad defensive performance. And I don't think Iowa's playing terrible defense right now it's so hard and i want to ask gary this question when he jumps on with us it's so hard to really judge your team's defensive performance when you're blowing out especially a conference opponent um you know the maryland game's a perfect example you're up 37 of course you're going to let your foot off the gas probably more so on defense and i see this comment from eric you're right so 50 points given up by iowa in the second half i'm not even reading too much into points because again i think a lot of that was iowa what was Iowa's biggest lead in this game? Was it 30? Was it as big as the, uh, might've been as big as the Maryland, you know, 36. So um, part of that is, you know, you're up by 36. It's, it, you're going to suffer a bit defensively, but um, again, hard to, hard to gauge, I think, defensive performance in these last two games, because again, both of them have been so lopsided and let's go ahead and welcome in coach Gary close Gary, how are you today on a Super Bowl Sunday and a lopsided victory for the Hawks? Yeah, nice, nice way to start the Sunday off. A uh, very workmanlike uh, win, and that's what they need this time of year. Absolutely, and and I think Raymond sums it up well. Iowa looked good, had a really good first half. Certainly, Keegan Murray was spectacular. That's a bad Nebraska team right now, Gary. I know you as a coach would probably never admit that. Um, McFran's not going to admit that post game, but that's a bad team. Can we agree with that right now? They're not playing real well. No, they, they hung in there for a little bit, but um, fundamentally they just, uh, you know, they turn the ball over and not a real good passing team. Even the pass they complete are a lot of times are not where they should be. It's uh, uh, it's a team struggling right now. There's no doubt about it. And in this league, when you're struggling, that can really get exposed because there's so many good teams. So um, yeah, they're, they're having a tough time right now. All right, let's just jump. I want to get your opinion on this. So Eric brings up Iowa gives up 50 in the second half. And I'm not excusing that. I think a part of that is you're up 36, similar to you're up 37 against Maryland. You're going to let your foot off the gas. How would you evaluate Iowa defensively today? I thought they're okay. Yeah, I thought they, you know, it was, um, like you said, it's pretty hard to evaluate because Nebraska is not a great offensive team. And the game got out, got out of hand pretty pretty early. So, um, there's still a work in progress there for sure as the competition goes up, which is going to happen here quickly. Um, that's where they're going to have to 
show real improvement. I think offensively they're, you know, they're, they're pretty good. They're going to be able to score points. It's going to be whether they can stop people. It's going to decide whether they can beat some of these real good teams that are left. Absolutely. John, uh, good comment here. Did what they should do. Beat up a bad team. Good stretch here for Hawks winning three in a row. And, and so I'm not trying to tell people I told you so, because I certainly was not prophesying. It was not hard to see the schedule uh, a week or two ago. So after that loss to Penn state, you look at the schedule of course, the game against Ohio State was canceled. The schedule shaped up very nicely for Iowa to win three to four straight. And so far now they've won three in a row. They've got a home game against Michigan coming up. Um, and, and again, we can talk. A little, we're we're going to be here for the next 20, 25 minutes or so. But Gary, where does Iowa stand right now in your mind from a tournament standpoint? I mean, I don't think that today, I don't think this result changes that at all, but they're avoiding bad losses is what they're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would have been a real bad loss. So they're, you know, putting up wins where they've got to, and they just see if they can break through a couple of these games coming up and they'd be in pretty good shape. So easier said than done, obviously, but they're playing against teams either in the tournament or are in the same situation. They are where they, they need wins to, to get in the tournament. So they're, they're going to be some battles coming up, but they're going to be fun to watch um, going down a stretch here. And Keegan Murray, let's talk a little bit about Keegan. I know we've spent a lot of time this season, rightfully so, talking about his improvement. But his I keep saying it, every game I, I, I tend to, to uh, talk about his efficiency. Um, and I know it was brought up by the FS1 commentators tonight. 37 points on 21 attempts, six boards. Um, how are, I, I, I understand Luca Garza came before Keegan, and he was just as efficient, if not more efficient. How are these Iowa superstars what they've become how are they so efficient on offense well they're talented they're skilled um they're very unselfish uh you know they, they his points come within the framework of what they're trying to do which is which is as a coach you just love and they're smart players and and they're playing with a lot of confidence you know confidence is big and uh you know he's He's uh, playing with a lot of confidence. He's not missing very many shots. He's scoring in a lot of different ways, which makes him much harder to guard. You know, he, he's he's really improving around the basket, uh, finishing and drawing fouls, and obviously his three point shot is is strong. So, just a really fun player to watch. Playing with a lot of confidence and and knows how to play the game. I think it was a good comment from All Thumbs here. Um, Seems like Peyton Sanford might be turning a corner, at least from Fran's vantage point. Are you seeing that he's getting more minutes now than certainly was earlier in the year? Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, you know, the last two games have been games that have been pretty much well in hand. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays in sure. games that are tight and against better competition. But even these games, these are valuable minutes for him. Even if he can get a few here and a few there, that's going to help him in his development, help him for down the road and, and, uh, and he's showing signs. I think he's got a chance to be a real good player. Doug says, it's amazing how you feel after playing Minnesota, Maryland, and Nebraska. We did beat three of the worst teams in the Big Ten. So you take all of this with a grain of salt. But, Doug, I think Gary alluded to it. The stretch coming up is crucial. So as you probably know, Gary, you have the Ohio State game, which was sandwiched now after the, the Michigan game, mm -hmm. uh, which – I, 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 we don't have to talk about scheduling. I don't know why the Big Ten can't move the Iowa-Michigan game to Wednesday. Michigan played yesterday. They don't play again until Thursday. Why can't Iowa play? I'm, I'm guessing it's because ESPN owns rights to Big Ten games on, on Thursday night. I don't Probably. know that. 
But that, but to me, that would make sense. But they'll play Thursday, and they'll have to get back home to play, or excuse me, go on the road to play in Columbus Saturday. Um, and we can look forward to that stretch. But how big is it for Iowa um, this week? I mean, if, if, to get a, a, at least one of those two games. Michigan at home isn't going to be probably a marquee victory, but it's a game that you just feel like they need to really feel good about where they stand. Oh, that would be a good win. You know, Michigan just destroyed Purdue the other day. I mean, just destroyed them. Uh, so when they're playing well, they're they're, they're tough to beat. Um, they didn't play quite as well uh, the other day when they got beat. But um, uh, you know, these are these are real big games. You got to take them one at a time. And that sounds cliche, but they got to just focus in on playing as well as they can against uh, Michigan, and and uh, and then and then go from there. So it's a, they got a great opportunity. Um, if they can get, you know, get one of these next two, that would be terrific. Uh, cause Iowa state is also playing well and I don't think they've lost at home. So that's obviously going to be a tough, tough game. So, uh, Thursday's game's big. People are talking in the chat today about that Maryland Purdue game. How, I mean, it's hard to explain when you have Maryland play as bad as I did against Iowa Thursday at home and nearly go to West Lafayette today and knock off, um, maybe the best team in the big 10. How do you, how do you, how do you explain that for a Maryland team that I believe you yeah. described as having checked out on Thursday? Yeah. Well, I think a couple of things, I think one um, Purdue has been very inconsistent defensively. And when you give teams confidence, all of a sudden that bass is a little bit bigger. They get on a roll. You know, we've talked about confidence. They start making shots. Maybe they don't normally make, and they just, you know, they just, all of a sudden it's a close game and then it goes right down to the stretch and, um, you know, we saw Prue get blasted by Michigan when they let Michigan get comfortable and just lit them up. So uh, if I were a Purdue fan, I would be a little concerned with them on that end of the court. Offensively, they might be as good as any team in the country, but their ability to get stops against real good teams, I think, is going to be a, it's going to be a telling tale going down the stretch in the NCAA tournament. I think Maryland has got some, you know, has got some players that can play a little bit, especially when they have confidence and I didn't see much in that game, obviously, because of the Iowa game. But, um, you know, Maryland has given some other teams some trouble at times. Um, you know, some you look at them sometimes, they don't play well and get and get beat badly. You know, oh, that's a bad team. But on any given night, as you say, they, they, they've, got, they've got some talent that if they get going, they can be dangerous. And obviously that happened today. You could argue Purdue is very much built like Iowa, only better. You know, they've got a couple big men that they can really rely on. They've got a um, really athletic Jaden Ivey, who's also really skilled, um, although I think Keegan Murray would, would certainly be in his league. But you look at Purdue, uh, according to Ken Pomeroy's ratings, Purdue, the number one team in the country with offensive efficiency. Um, do you want to guess where they rank in defensive efficiency, Gary? Uh, I would say high 100s, low 200. 114. 114, 114 yeah. which is – really bad as you know and I, I don't know the data and I, I remember looking at this data and I'll have to dig this out here sometime this month but um, I believe Ken Pomeroy has he's been pretty darn good as far as predicting by means of his defensive defensive efficiency measures because of course this is an adjusted defensive defensive efficiency adjusted according to the schedule um, right. but typically if you're not top 60 I don't know that a, a team has ever made a run to the final four if you're not top 60 in that category. So for Purdue to be 114, that would be very concerning. It was just like I was concerned last year as an Iowa fan, people were talking final four. And of course it didn't work out, 
But Purdue is 114 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Iowa, on the other hand, um, the fifth most efficient offense in the country, according to Ken, and then 121 in the country in defense. So for anybody that wonders why we keep talking about, because I've heard some people, there's a bit of a narrative out there because, again, performances like today, the Maryland game, you score 110 and the defense is kind of overshadowed. People wonder why am I continuing to bring up defense game after game. I, I am not convinced Iowa has turned the corner, just like doesn't sound like you're convinced Purdue has turned the corner. Um, can yeah. we, both, we both agree Iowa has improved defensively as the season has gone on. Yeah, I think I think they've definitely improved. Um, I think they got to keep improving. Um, I think one of the things I look at is just the quality of shots that the other teams are getting. Because sometimes you play great defense and they make a tough shot, and that's you know there's nothing you can do about that. That's you know that's just a better offensive play. You know, and sometimes you play horrible defense and the guy's wide open and he misses it. You know, that's not really an indication of of how good your defense is. I think that's. That's what you got to look at is the quality of shots they're giving up. And if you run into a team that's hot and makes tough shots, you can live with that. You just don't want to give them a lot of easy ones, whether it's wide open threes. And, you know, there's a great example. There's there's Keegan Murray that's one of the leading scorers in the country. And I don't know how many times he shot threes today where there was nobody even around him. I mean, that's just – how can that happen? I mean, that's just bad defense. And that's kind of the same thing. You know, if he was heavily contested and made it, well, then, okay, hey, you tip your hat to him and, you know, try to, you know, hope he misses the next one. But you just can't keep giving up wide open threes and giving up uh, how many times that Iowa get layups in transition, layups in the half court where they didn't get back. I mean, that's just bad defense. And, you know, that's that's how you give up on some points. But so that's what I look at. I look at you know, the quality of shot the other team's getting. And as you look at that, the two things that that, that jump out at you is, is the three-point shooting, uh, you know, how open are they, and then how many shots they've given up where the defense breaks down around the basket because those, those are the two type of shots that will get you beat. Again, not to be negative, Iowa gave up a lot of I, – I thought early that Iowa's defense was not very good. Nebraska missed a lot of layups early. Um I, I didn't think Iowa played very well defensively today. I'll just say that. I mean, I could be totally off. I know you gave your your take on it. Um, Doug asked an interesting question here for for you, Gary. Who is the best team in the Big Ten? Do you consider it to be Illinois? Are they more complete right now in your belief than Purdue? That's a really tough question. I don't know. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was Wisconsin, uh, just because I think they were playing the most consistent. But then they, you know, they lose to a good Rutgers team, but they didn't look great doing it. And I thought Purdue for a while, and they just get blasted by Michigan. Illinois is struggling today to beat Northwestern. Um, I would say probably Illinois, but it's it is really up in the air. I, I don't think there's anybody that's clearly ahead. If I had to take a guess, I'd say probably Purdue. But um, yeah, I think any one of those four or five teams could win it if they get hot. Uh, it's, it's that's why it's going to be really interesting coming down the stretch because uh, there are no. No teams that I go, okay, that's the team's going to win. I don't, at least I don't feel that right now. Um, if I had a guess, I'd say Purdue. But um, Ohio State's been playing very well of late. And some of it will have to do with their schedule. You had to look at their schedule going down going down a stretch. Some teams might have a little break there in terms of who they play and where they play them. But it's going to be a hell of a race. Not to bash your Badgers, but that's also a Rutgers team who has not played well on the road all year. No. 
No. So for them to do what they did yesterday was very impressive and certainly doesn't look great, did not look good for Wisconsin, but they have, uh, Wisconsin's found, had a knack for winning most of its close games this year. I mean, that's what they've done. They just won yeah. close games all year. Yeah. And they haven't lost two in a row all year. So they go to Indiana, I think, on Tuesday, and Indiana needs a win bad. Yeah. That will not be an easy, I mean, Indiana blew out Purdue at home. That will not be an easy game, but I would guess they'll play pretty well. They seem to rebound after losses pretty well, but it's a wide open race. It really is. It's going to be fun. And it's a good thing. You look at a play team like Iowa, they get those two wins, you know, those two close losses they had at um, at Penn State and and um, uh, Rutgers, and they'd be right in the race. It's it's uh, it's a crazy year this year. And I think Doug is right. I think Rutgers right now, and my my, I'm not a bracketologist. I think they are a tournament team. Of course, they lost that quad four game against Lafayette early, but to win at Wisconsin, which is a high quad one win, I think that is. And I think it's a tournament team. They'll have more chances at marquee yeah. victories down the stretch and very few chances. Rutgers has a tough schedule heading out. So I think maybe one opportunity at a bad loss, quote unquote, as opposed to Iowa, they still get Northwestern at home. Iowa gets Nebraska on the road. Those would both be bad losses. So opportunities for Iowa to lose. By the way, Illinois leading Northwestern by three with 25 seconds to go. Looks like Illinois is going to close it out. They do have the ball. Um, but you're right. Teams, the top two teams, you could argue the top two teams struggling at home against what we would Im- assume yeah. would be lower tier competition. Yeah. Northwestern's been playing a little bit better. They're starting to figure things out there. I, I think he's got as much talent as, as he's had. They're, they're dangerous. I, w- yeah, I would not dangerous. want to be playing them because you know, the other thing you can talk about, these teams going down a stretch, they've got nothing to lose. And then, so a lot of times you, you run in teams that are playing with not a whole lot at stake. They can play loose and, and if they get going, they could be dangerous. Now, sometimes playing loose like what Nebraska did today, you know, it affects them on the defensive end, it affects them how they take care of the ball, and, and they're blown out. But uh, if they're playing solid like Northwestern is right now, they can be a handful, as Illinois found out. You would have never thought that would be a close game, especially with Illinois playing that game at home. Are you surprised Nebraska played so poorly today, given the fact that they, they're coming off a win? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I have not seen him a lot. When I've seen him, I have not been impressed. I just um, uh, I, I just think they do so many things mediocrely that it's hard for them to sustain good possessions in a row to beat teams in this league. Um, you know, their only win is at home against Minnesota, who's, I think, running out of gas. Um, but um, um they're a ways away. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the offseason there because I think a lot of people going in thought they might be decent this year, and they, they haven't. I think Minnesota, I think Ben Johnson's done a really good job there because he had to bring in a lot of transfers. You lose Liam Robbins to Vanderbilt. You lose Gabe Kalsher to Iowa State, and I know they all lost other pieces. And they really were competitive the majority of the season, but I'm with you. It seems like they're running out of gas. Um and now an interesting question here, kind of looking ahead to Michigan from all thumbs. He says, we need a big body to wear down Hunter Dickinson. Should we use a gun delay? Boy, I think a gun delay. And I don't know, have you noticed this, Gary? And I know we're speculating speculating on this as well, but it seems to me that he might be a bit bigger. Has he gained a little bit of weight? Um, I don't know if you yeah, noticed it's hard that. To tell. It's hard to, I, I don't think we'll see a lot of him. No, I don't think you're going to see much change in the lineups from here on out. I think it's too late in the year to hope that somebody's going <laughs> to – jump off the bench and give you yeah. minutes like that. So I think it's going to be by committee. And, you know, they've played the Purdue guys. 
Uh, they played some other guys that have uh, Illinois that have some big guys. So, and they did um, pretty well against Purdue. Yeah, against yeah. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I don't think you're going to see much change there. It just it doesn't look like it. He's 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 not even playing a lot against these teams. That aren't any good? So I, I doubt they're going to play play him against uh, teams that are much better. Question here from Lomansky. Gary, been watching Izzo post games. Is this the best bunch of coaches in the conference? For some time your thoughts that's a really good question um I, I think you can make a case for it with some for sure um you know maryland now has got an, an opening um the guy at penn state is you know and minnesota are both first year coaches you got kind of got to see how they develop uh, i think the coaches up at the top are really doing a, an excellent job um you know keeping their team in in the in the race so um, possibly. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's always been a league with great coaches. I know when I first came in the league, you had Bobby Knight and Gene Cady and Gary Williams. And I mean, those are hall of fame coaches. It was an unbelievable conference as far as coaching goes, but it's always a pretty strong coaching conference because it's one of the best conferences and that's where people want to coach. Can I tell you a pet peeve I have about Tom Mizzle? Sure. It's your show. <laughs> so, um, Tom Izzo, I, I respect Tom Izzo. He's obviously a terrific coach. You know, you'd argue behind Bobby Knight, maybe the best coach. I mean, him and Katie, I mean, certainly would be probably top of my list. But he seems to always, after a loss, and I know he probably does it to motivate his guys, he seems to always, I don't want to say throw his players under the bus. He throws himself under the bus too, but it seems like he doesn't like to give the other team very much credit. It's always about, boy, we were just terrible today on defense. We just, And he blames himself, but to me, isn't it the gracious thing to do as a head coach to go into that press conference, regardless of how you feel your players played, to give the opponent the majority of the credit? Is that not the best way to handle yourself? Well, I think so. And I think he does that for the most part. Uh, you know, usually when you're in a situation like that, you're, you're critiquing yourselves first, uh, you know, on sure. where, where you fell short. And that's usually the first things at the front of your mind. Hey, what do I got to do to, you know, get our team better and things like that. And so, I think it's probably a natural reaction to be talking about your team more, but um, he's been terrific for the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan State, since he's been there, has been phenomenal. Just terrific talent, and they play the right way. They 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 do so many things well. It's um, uh, you know they're they're an elite elite program nationally as well as in our league. Brad says his pet peeve is uh, grabbing refs by the elbow every time they run by. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we do have a caller here before we well, take a call. He's kind of small, so maybe they don't see him, so he's got to grab him so he can get a little attention. <laughs> Tom and Tur between Izzo and Turgeon, now Turgeon's gone now, but talk about people get after Fran for getting after the rest. Those two guys, those two guys whine and complain to the officials more than any coaches in the Big Ten, Gary. Well, if they didn't think it was effective, they wouldn't do it. So it's, I know. Uh, I know. I think it's it's a part of coaching that some coaches have a real good knack of of working the officials. It's it's part of the part of the profession, and um, um, you know officials will never say that it has an influence, but trust me, it does. Uh, and and uh, he he's one of the better ones at it. I don't think Fran really does that, does he? I mean, I know he'll lose his mind at times, but I don't perceive him to be a guy who's just riding the officials like Turgeon or is do. No, and I don't think Izzo rides him either. I, I think he picks think his so? spots. And I think he picks his spots because All if right. you constantly ride him, 
then they're just gonna they're just gonna tune you out. I mean, you, you gotta you've gotta you know you gotta have some merit behind what you're doing. I mean, if you're constantly saying things that just aren't accurate, um, you know, in the long run, it's gonna catch up with you. But if you can point some things out that hey, uh, you know, things they might be missing, then you you can you can have some impact so that when they when you do talk to them, they want to listen um, because what you've told them before has had some merit. What about Turgeon? I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I haven't watched him enough to really okay. give an opinion. Yeah. All right. You're being a little bit kinder than I am. Uh, we do have a call here <laughs> on the line. I want to warn our caller before we take it. We got about 60 seconds for your call. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the storm. Who's on the line. Hey Corey, it's the real MVP. How are you doing? Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Um, I would did what they were supposed to do today and avoid a catastrophe Absolutely. with a quad four loss. Yeah. Um, it would have been a I'm quad, bad sure quad four. You, I'm not sure if you've seen the uh, net rankings for Michigan, but they're now in the top 30. So this is a big opportunity for them coming up. Absolutely. And if they stay there, it's a quad one victory for Iowa. You're absolutely right. Two, I mean, these are two two opportunities this next week for quad one victories, which I, right now Iowa has zero. And uh, every quad one victory matters. Uh, Utah State, they lost to Nevada, and that's crushing, isn't it, for Iowa? I mean, they're basically done for quad one status for the rest of the year. I hope that's not the case. I know they're off the the line now, and and certainly Indiana is as well. No, I, you're right. Iowa needs a win. I mean, like Gary said, you split these games this week. Um, that would be huge. They need it. And you know, I'm seeing a lot of Iowa on the eight nine line type thing. Would you rather them like win a bunch in order to be like a six or seven? Or or you think it's more likely you root for them at the end if you know they're comfortably in the tournament to lose a game or two to be at the twelve eleven to try to avoid the one or two seed? Gary, that's a better question. You, you gotta watch out, you end up getting stuck in a playing game and you don't want that. Um I think you want to win as many games as you can possibly win. And if that ends up getting an eight, nine, go beat the number one seed in the second round and move on to sweet 16. That's a All hard right, task to do, but it's good talking to you guys. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, we didn't have for a longer call, but we'll, we'll talk to you next time, sir. Yep. We'll do the same. All right. Take care. And uh, I do have a question here before we finish our show. Lemansky says, are we okay at guard or is going forward, we're going to run into great guards, points in paint key. I am concerned about defensively, Iowa goes up against an elite point guard. Is Fran going to plague Jordan against man-to-man? Is he going to play more zone, which I don't think I don't think is the answer. I, I don't think you think is the answer either. Is that a concern right now with Tucson off the floor more? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think, you know, the matchups, you can move uh, J-Bo around and have not necessarily guard the point guard. I th- actually, actually think he's improved a little bit. I think he's working a little harder defensively, and I think he's staying in front of the ball a little bit better. Uh, that's the big thing I worry about is their ability to just contain the ball because if you can't do that, your defense breaks down pretty fast. So, um you know, teams that run better offenses, team that got better better guys that can attack. I, I think that was Nebraska's goal in this game. It looked like right from the beginning they were just going to drive it as much as they could and try to get to the rim or kick it out. And, you know, in the beginning it was fairly effective. The problem is they turned the ball over so much and couldn't stop by at the other end and just got away from them, and then it turned into a you know an AAU game. 
so, um, but I think that's going to be the big thing is, is their ability to contain the ball um, and not allow a lot of penetration because that's where you're more vulnerable to free throws. That's where you're more vulnerable to giving up offensive rebounds. The whole thing just disintegrates from there. So um, that's what I'm going to watch as they go against these better teams is their ability to keep the ball in front of them and, and, uh, and not give up deep penetration penetration or, or penetrating and kicking and final question from john what does gary think iowa's ceiling is that's a real good question i've liked this team all year long I, i've liked the way they bounce back from from losses um i think they're improving which is important some teams don't improve they they go downhill at the end of the year uh they got a terrific uh player in keegan murray that can carry them uh to some wins so um uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I think they got a chance to get in the tournament. And once you get into the tournament, uh, I remember our la- our team, our last year at Iowa, um, we got in the tournament and started playing well and got to the Sweet 16 and beat a really good Arkansas team. It, it can happen. Yeah. Uh, so they've got the makeup of of doing some damage. They just got to keep improving. And and how much better can they get you know in this last month uh, so that when the their games start coming around the Big Ten tournament, the NCAA, that uh, they're playing pretty well and see if they can make a run. And I still believe the key for this team is defensive play. We can talk about threes. We can talk about, defense, uh, you know, lack of maybe a, a, a post presence, but I still think perimeter defense, not allowing easy drives, which, of course, are going to create open threes, kicks and threes. Um I'd like to think that's probably the uh, the key moving forward. Okay, final thing here. Iowa-Michigan Thursday, 6 p.m. We talked about Dickinson. Um, we, we know Michigan's talented. They, they've struggled with COVID this year in, in certain circumstances. But, of course, coming off the, the win against Purdue, lost yesterday against a very good Ohio State team uh, in Ann Arbor. What is the key for Iowa Thursday night to, to get its first, as of right now, its first quad one victory? Well, I'd like him to get off to a good start. Um, and, uh, you know, right from the get-go. And um, as we've talked about, I think um, if they can contain Michigan uh, defensively and make them earn, they're, they're going to get some baskets. They're, you know, they're good. But uh, limit the easy ones. Um, they, uh, they just lit up Purdue from both inside and out. I think they made 16 or 17 threes, some, some ridiculous number. Uh, obviously, they do that, then chance to beat them are great. So, it's going to be a great test. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Feel a lot better about them playing Michigan this Thursday than I will in March when they go to Ann Arbor. That's a tough place to play. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, opportunity for Iowa. And Charles wants to know your Super Bowl pick. Philadelphia Eagles. Oh no, they're not in. <laughs> Dang it! You're living in the past, Gary. I'm going to go. I'm going to go upset. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I, I, I mean, certainly I think LA is the favorite, but uh, I would love to see Cincinnati win it. Be great for a couple of former Hawkeyes, Mike Daniels and Riley Reef. I know Reef's not playing. Daniels mm-hmm. is, but uh, man, what a story! If, if Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow they can turn that franchise around in literally two years and win a, a Super Bowl, they have found a way to win. You know, to go in and go into Kansas City and be down 18 and win that game in that place is that's off the charts. So I, I think um, I give them a slight edge. All right, folks. Appreciate the time as always, Gary. And um, you bet. we'll we'll plan on hopefully uh, talking about a quad one victory on Thursday. That'll be a, that'll be one to celebrate for sure. 
All right, folks, for Coach Gary Close, I'm Corey Bratta from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Enjoy the Super Bowl.